and welcome to the GPS Girls Directions for Life podcast. I'm Karen Jacobson and I am joined by Danielle Hatherley. Danielle is a professional artist. She specializes in landscapes and as a side business, she loves to take people on outdoor painting adventures around New York City. Danielle, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for having me. Oh, fabulous. Well, Good. So looking I'm forward to it. Well. So we are going to start right at the beginning and go back to where you are from. I uh, would love to know where you're from and where did you grow up? Okay. Um, I'm from Australia. You probably noted the similar accent to yours. Um, I was born in Albury, which is a country town. Uh, only spent the first two years of my life there and then my family moved to Sydney. So I grew up in Sydney and I grew up around the beaches and the harbour and just, you know, the beautiful Sydney landscape. And when did you know what your purpose in life was? When did you know that you wanted to be painting, to be making art? I actually realised in my very early 20s. Um, I went to art school after um, high school, um, really just because that was all I was good at and all I was interested in. I wasn't really interested in maths and science and other uh, subjects. And so I went to art school, but I really didn't know why I was going to art school when I painted and drew in art school. I liked it, but I wasn't sort of, I didn't get the passion for it until I met a man um, through some work experience I got in an advertising illustration studio. I met an artist named Ted Blackall and he took me outdoors painting for the first time, um, which is known as plain air painting in the open air. It's a French term. And um, and I just felt alive and I thought, oh my gosh, I want to be a painter. And this was in my early 20s, but I, I hadn't had that feeling in art school. But once I went out painting with Ted, that's when I knew. So what was your first professional job? I mean, it can be your first professional job at all on your way to becoming a professional artist or... But, I mean, I'd love to hear about that. I'd also love to hear about the process of actually starting to make money and make a living from painting. Sure. Um, well, I was two years into art school, and that's when I got work experience in this illustration studio. Um, I was waitressing in North Sydney. I met a man. He suggested I go over to this art studio and see if I could get some work experience. And Ted was one of the illustrators and painters. Ted did both. Um, and he had a studio in that building and he sort of, I went in and out of his studio over the few weeks I was there and at the end of the period he said, you know, um, what are you doing? And I said, oh, what do you mean? And he said, well, are you going back to art school or what's happening? And it was the end of a, a year and I said, you know what, I'm not really feeling it in art school and he said, I'd love for you to come and work for me. So I went and worked for Ted, and this was, I think, age 21. And then I worked with him for a couple of years. Um, he went and worked overseas, and then I got work um, with the, the illustration agent itself for about a year. And then I realized that if I went down that path, I was going to be stuck in the business side of art rather than the painting side that I knew I wanted to get back to. 
so I left there. I became an illustrator for about a year because I sort of had that need for security of income. Um, but after a year of being an illustrator, so we're at about 24 now, I just realized if I didn't go and pursue my own passion to paint, I would never do it. So I left illustration, gave up my expensive studio in North Sydney, <laughs> and uh, my parents let me move home for a couple of years. I did three different part-time jobs at night so that I could paint by day, and I went out to Balmoral Beach and all harbour locations and just painted and, and practised and practised and practised and got my work into a gallery. And then I actually uh, was putting my images onto greeting cards and people kept saying, you should make a greeting card range. So I made a greeting card range and promoted and got that into some great little gift stores around the city centre area and some of the beach locations. And they were an alternate to postcards for, for visitors to the city or for people who lived in Balmoral or lived at Manly Beach or lived at Bondi and wanted to send a card from where they came with a painting on it rather than a photo. So I did that business and I, it, it did well and it meant that I could stop all of those nighttime, part-time jobs I had. And slowly my painting sales grew and by the age of 30 I, I was, you know, doing quite quite well was finally selling several paintings a month and selling my greeting card range so um, that's how I went from transition of you know working for someone else for a few years after art school to eventually being able to make a living doing what I love and when I do meet young people who say to me oh but it's impossible I say not impossible but you need to do, be prepared to do it in stages like I did and it was a real transition so so I hope that answers it yes it does and when you look during that time can you uh, identify or tell us about the turning point where things took off for you where you could see that perhaps you could leave behind those other part-time jobs that weren't art-related and, and that, you know, where you thought, hang on, this is this is really working, this is really happening, I'm making a living from art or I'm about to or something like that. It was definitely once um, I got the greeting card range going, but that took a while because I only had a very, I had a small... Um, $5,000 loan from my brother to get the card range going but I only I started out with eight cards in the range and all the art stores or all the gift stores and the news agents were saying oh you can't have a range that small I had no one give me I, I had no business um, you know mentor and, and no idea about the card range so I sort of the card business so I learnt as I went and once I increased that range to 16 and then 24, um, it was a, and because I distributed the cards myself, um, I made all the profit and you actually make very good profit on greeting cards. So I could go out and do that a couple of days a week and paint the rest of the days. But as that was happening in conjunction with the painting, sale, uh, sorry, the card sales growing, my painting sales were growing. So it was probably a couple of years into the painting, the card range and the painting sales growing and I could take an annual trip to Europe with friends and just feel, you know, secure. 
I, I sort of sat back and went, wow, I've really um, created a life as an artist where I don't have to uh, go to a nine-to-five job. I can choose when I work. And, and, you know, mind you, I am a bit of a workaholic, so I sort of was passionate. It's what you hear all the time. I was passionate about what I was doing. So I didn't mind painting at night and packing cards every night in front of the TV and doing all of that because it was my own business and I was so excited that it was doing well. So, well, that's, um, that's, you know, that's the real purpose of this podcast is, you know, to really talk to people about people who are passionate about what they're doing and have that drive and that excitement about what they're doing. So everything you're saying is just so uh, inspiring to me and to the people listening because making a living out of art or any artistic endeavor, whether it be art, music, dance, it can be such a challenge because there is that a creative side which without some kind of business structure it really doesn't it's not a business you know it doesn't become self-sustaining and I just love hearing how you just kept putting one foot in front of the other and created a business model you just did that and you know the biggest thing I can't help but stress when people ask you about like I've had young artists come to me and say, oh, but it just all seems impossible how to go transition from, you know, a full-time job to being an artist. And I do say that you, you're going to have those knockbacks. You're going to have the two steps forward and maybe two steps back at times. And I, I had a lot of knockbacks with my greeting card range. And if I'd let those get me down, you know, just stores that said, oh, they're not right. But then you'd get a great client and... I had them in, you know, some really good stores and, and then next thing, you know, I find a dealer that loves my work and starts selling more. So just when you think, oh, it's, you know, maybe, I mean, I never doubted that I was on the right path, but you have lots of stumbles and hurdles and things to get over in the process, but it's part of it and you just got to keep going. It really is that persistence, isn't it, to just keep yeah. going. Yes. yes, and not let those little voices in your head tell you that when. you know passion isn't valid. Yes. Sorry, what did you say? Not to let those little voices win. Yes. 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 So, tell, talk a little bit about your own painting. Um, you know, I have some other questions here, but knowing what a brilliant artist you are. Uh, you know, separate to the greeting cards, where are things for you? I mean, you uh, I know you have been uh, in many galleries and you're in private collections, but if you'd just like to describe a little bit about the style of your painting. Um, yes. Uh, well, I, I paint light coming through trees, um, which sounds a bit strange really, doesn't it? But um, I, I just, I love that, I, you know, I love light. Light is, is the essence of all things, really, and, and without light we have complete dark. And, and I love um, that resonance of light against dark. And I think uh, as an artist, you know, early on you start painting everything and you try different styles and you try different techniques and, and subject, but eventually you figure out what you're most drawn to and what I was most drawn to was this 
backlit thing and uh, just light coming through trees. Sometimes, I mean, I've got one painting here in my studio now that's light coming from some big clouds, behind clouds, but mostly it's it's through trees. And, you know, you just as anything in life, you've got to keep exploring. Um, you know, the, the best artists, I think, uh, don't want to keep repeating themselves. You hear musicians say it all the time and and uh, different, uh, you know, art forms all will talk about, or people from different art genres will talk about the same thing, that you're kind of pursuing, looking into what you're you're exploring more and more as you go. And so I'm never satisfied, never satisfied. brings me the highest lows and the lowest lows, I'll tell you, because, you know, you... You hit it with a painting and, and you think you've figured it out and then come back a day or two later and you think you've figured out how to be the best artist in the world and then next thing, you know, there's more to learn and more to unravel. So mm. I'm kind of getting better at being at peace with that and accepting that it is a lifelong, <coughs> excuse me, exploration and and that that's part of the whole thing. And you better stop me, I'm rambling. <laughs> no, I think it's interesting, and it is it is part of the artistic endeavour to be able to make peace with what the process is. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure as a, a writer of music you find the same. You're chasing this this thing that, you know, it's almost like you never can quite grasp, you know, for me, chasing this light. I'm chasing you... You get close, but you feel like you never quite have got that thing you want. Sometimes you have moments of it, of thinking, yes, I got it. But in a way, if we if we thought we completely had it, then what would be left to pursue? What's the point? That's right. Yeah. That's right. So it's good that we, we never quite, you know, like that rabbit chasing, you know, those dog races they do, and the yes. rabbits chase the dog around the track, and that dogs wouldn't keep running if they always got the rabbit. That's right. It's that process of seeking. Oh, yeah. goodness. So, uh, so interesting. So wonderful. So, um, okay, we're going to go into uh, another section. First of all, I want to ask you about having an idol. When you were growing up, was there somebody you really aspired to be like or were you were inspired by? Um, uh the Impressionist painters were the first ones who turned me on. Um, definitely um, the Impressionist, French Impressionists, you know, all the cliche guys that now, you know, are in every calendar and every dollar store, the Monet and Renoir and, and Van Gogh. But then once I got to my first um, taste of actually going out and painting outdoors, plein air painting, um, it was Lloyd Reese. Um, mm. The Australian, Australian landscape painter and, painter, and he just paints the most. Well, painted he. Unfortunately, he, he died in the 90s, and he was just the most beautiful soul. And he painted the most beautiful, ethereal, soft light paintings. And I, of the few books I did bring to New York when I moved here, I certainly brought my my Lloyd Reese book, and I refer to it, you know, semi semi frequently, and figure, hope that one day I can slightly get close to to just how magical his his ability to capture light was. Mm. 
extraordinary. Oh, wow. So we are now moving into the travel section, Danielle. (laughs) And I love to travel. And I wanted to know what your favorite travel location is, the place you have visited that you loved the most. Oh, yes. Um, That's like asking a parent what their favorite child is, you know. Yes, and it's just your answer at this moment. You can have lots of answers, but just choose one. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, Venice. Mmm. Can I give you an alternate, though? Yes, you can. Because, because I, I, you know, being drawn to natural landscape as well as city landscape, um, Venice just, because it's so amazingly different and beautiful and just, you know, I, I'm sure anyone from Venice, their contrast, something that is most amazing for them would be a complete contrast to Venice. But Venice, but uh, then the other thing is the Great Ocean Road in Australia. That's my favourite. The Twelve Apostles and all along that Great Ocean Road is my favourite natural landscape, Mm -hmm. non-city landscape. Beautiful. And if you could travel anywhere in the world, perhaps somewhere you haven't been, where would it be your perfect holiday? I don't know if we could call it perfect holiday because apparently it involves quite a bit of hiking and work and my perfect holiday is laying on a beach with a cocktail. <laughs> um, how, however, the the magical place that I do want to go is Machu Picchu, you know, in Peru and yes. you've got to climb up some bloody big mountain to get there but uh, apparently it's well worth it. So, uh, yeah. That's the one. Goodness, that's wonderful. Wonderful. And here we are at our last question already. And Danielle, again, just choose one. What is your number one direction for life that you would like to share with people? Oh, um, keep going. Mm. Yes, there's there's always hope if you keep going. Yeah, yeah, don't give up. I know it sounds like such a cliche. I know it sounds like such a cliche and, God, if anyone has wanted to give up a hundred million times, it's me. (laughs) Well, no, not really, actually, not really at all. But but if anyone has met, everyone has moments of doubt and frustration and, and darkness, but then... Again, not wanting another cliche, light comes afterwards and the sun shines again and you see that it's worth keeping going. I think that cliches uh, are cliches because they resonate with everyone and they hold so much power. So even though you say that about a cliche, it is is so... uh, I think it's just an important... For a reason. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. So that's, you know, without knowing the specific um, analysis of a life direction, that would be the first one that comes to mind for me. Yeah. Well, when you're in action, uh, you're still headed somewhere. Yes, yes, that's true. Um, I think it was Winston Churchill, he had a quote, if you're going through hell, keep going. Isn't that a great quote? Keep moving. That's right. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. To get to some some semblance of the other side. Danielle Hatherley, thank you 
very much for joining us and adding some some light to the subject. It's been really uh, very insightful to have you on the show and uh, can you just tell people where they can read more about you, your own painting, your painting school, uh, is there a website? There are always websites. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, so to see my artwork, go to www.danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, Hathaly, H-A-T-H-E-R-L-E-Y.com. And then also there's the plainairpaintingschool.com, which is a little side business I do of taking people on outdoor painting adventures around New York City. And that is the, T-H-E, plain, P-L-E-I-N, air, A-I-R, paintingschool.com. And, and I thank have you for to, having me, Karen. Oh, it's been awesome, and I just have to give that painting school a plug because Danielle does say she can get a good painting out of anybody, and I have zero uh, painting ability, zero, and went on one of these painting adventures, and I'm still astounded to see a painting on my wall in my home that I created. So thank you, Danielle. Oh, you're welcome. Wonderful. Karen Jacobson, Directions for Life podcast. Thank you for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time. Oh.